Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And, because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish Podcast for Independent Minds. Ladies and gentlemen, the word of the day here is cruise or cruise industry. Because I had a mental block earlier this morning on CNN, darn it. Uh, I said the word tourism. I may have said the word shipping. I had yacht on my brain, and thank God I didn't say it. I, I kid you not, yacht is on my mind because of Yacht Rock. Stop. Because I've been listening to so much Yacht Rock. <laughs> our our uh, Sirius really? XM, yeah, our Sirius XM station of choice for vacation week last week in Northern Cali, and 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 I think it's because it's it was something. You know, there were eight of us, and it was something that everybody could live with. No one argues about Yacht Rock, right? All right, tis the season. Just put it on. But, but Don't worry about it. How many times? <laughs> how many times in one day? Can you listen to What a Fool Believes by Michael McDonald, Sailing by Christopher Cross. Endless, Michael. Endless. Uh, that song you like uh, by Toto, Africa, right? That is the greatest song okay. ever. But honestly, I know the Yacht Rock lineup. <laughs> I, and, and I think they only have like 32 songs in their repertoire. Somebody please, Dave Gorab, write them a bigger check for crying out loud. They need, they need more vinyl over at Stop. Yacht Rock. I think they just anyway, play the was, hits. Yeah, well, it's true. It's true, and it's a good lineup. Okay, so what was the context for my my brain uh, freeze today? I was talking about the latest on COVID and the the background data, because this is relevant to where I want to go in terms of, of where are we as a country. Florida and Texas, oh, this is what I was told I was going to discuss in advance. I was told I was going to discuss the handling by Governors Abbott and DeSantis of COVID-related issues in Texas and Florida, respectively. Florida and Texas now have one-third of all U.S. COVID-19 cases that came to light in the last week. Okay? So they have a—how about if I say it this way? A disproportionate share—yes, they're big and populous states, but a disproportionate share of cases are now arising in Florida and Texas— in, indeed, in the seven states with the lowest vaccination rates, which they represent eight and a half percent of the U.S. population, they account for more than 17 percent of cases 
in the nation, and more than one in three are coming from Florida and Texas. I know that was like a a lot of data, but you, you, you get what I'm saying. And the more specific issue that I was told we would discuss, and we did get to this, is the fact that Governor DeSantis in Florida won't let schools mandate masks. Okay, that that is by his order. And Broward County public schools are now saying they're going to comply with DeSantis's executive order. They, they had voted to mandate masks. And then he came along, signed an executive order, I think it was on Friday, and threatened to withhold funding if they had a mask mandate. So the question in that instance is, what of the propriety of DeSantis saying, and Abbott likewise, this is a parental choice, and we're not going to allow you to mandate masks. Similarly, you know, and this is what gets me back to the word of the day, he won't let private businesses impose requirements either. And I was talking this morning on CNN about his position, DeSantis's, but it goes for Abbott as well, being antithetical to normal GOP principles of staying out of the private sector. You know, let biz, business knows best how to run their affairs, stay out of their way. We allow them to say no shoes, no shirts, no service. But in this case, DeSantis is saying, oh, no, you can't put masks on that list. Which is when I wanted to reference the cruise industry. But I couldn't think of the word. What I did get off my chest, though, was this. The question of where are we going beyond the mask issue in schools? In other words, what happens when the vaccination or vaccinations are approved for those under 12? Because if DeSantis won't allow schools to mandate masks, is he going to allow schools or will the state impose a requirement? I imagine uh, it's a state requirement. We, we don't allow local school districts to each set a different standard. Is there going to be a requirement for COVID vaccination for kids when the vaccine is approved for kids? A very quick trip to FloridaHealth.gov told me that these that I'm about to share with you are the current vaccine requirements for Florida schools. Diphtheria, tetanus, acellular, pertussis, pertussis, the DTAP, or inactivated polio vaccine, or the uh, MMR, measles, mumps, and rubella, chickenpox, HIB, PCV-13, hepatitis B, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So right now in Florida... And this will apply to a lot of states, a lot of red states. There are current vaccine requirements for Florida. Before you can go to school in Florida, you need to have those vaccinations. Are they going to do likewise for COVID? I don't know. My hunch is not. I mean, if they're saying, well, you you know, you can't take away a parental decision on a mask. What are they going to do on the vaccine? My view is, and you've heard this from me repeatedly, that yes, masks prevent transmission, but it's vaccines that prevent hospitalization and death, and that the focus needs to be on vaccination. 95%, according to the 
the CEO of the Florida Health Association, 95% of those hospitalized in Florida are unvaxxed. 95% of those hospitalized with a COVID-related ailment in Florida right now. Unvaxxed. That's what they have in common beyond the fact that they're in the hospital for something COVID-related. By the way, um, because DeSantis gets beat up on masks and vaccination, he is vaxxed himself, didn't do it in public a la Trump, but has been a proponent of people getting vaccinated. That needs to be made clear. And 85% of Floridians over 65 are fully vaxxed. That's a damn good statistic. 85% of Floridians over 65 fully vaxxed. So I was asked on television if the vaccinated among us, me, hopefully you, the vaccinated among us, are we now being punished because of the unvaccinated? And I said yes. I believe that is the case. We're going to drill down in the second hour of the program today on who are the unvaccinated. There's a tendency to paint with a broad brush and to think that they are all white rural, evangelical uh, Trump acolytes. And many of them are, but that's not the case. It's not not the case that, that you can paint with one broad brush. A lot of them are urban. A lot of them are young. A lot of them are black. So they're coming in all shapes and sizes. That's the big picture, and they all need to get vaccinated. Amidst the confusion that exists in the country today, President Biden will speak this afternoon make yet another pitch for vaccination. Oh, I was critical of him today, too. I was critical of uh, DeSantis. I was critical of Abbott. I was also critical of Biden for not having gone far enough with a vaccine mandate for all federal employees, including everybody in the military. And so the president will speak later today in yet another effort to try and cajole everybody. Cheryl Gay Stolberg, Michael Shear have the lead story in The Times today, which sums up things this way. A week of public health reversals from the White House and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has left Americans with pandemic whiplash. Sowing confusion about coronavirus vaccines and mask wearing as the Delta variant upends what people thought they knew about how to stay safe. Vaccines remain effective and highly protective against hospitalization and death, even among those infected with extremely contagious Delta variant. Mask wearing prevents transmission of the virus to those most at risk. But the crisis President Biden once thought he had under control is changing shape faster than the country can adapt. An evolving virus, new scientific discoveries, deep ideological divides, and 18 months of ever-changing pandemic messaging have left Americans skeptical of public health advice. So although the White House had promised a summer of joy, the nation is instead caught in a summer of confusion. And ladies and gentlemen, in the midst of this summer of confusion, one very famous American is celebrating a milestone birthday. That would be one president, former president, Barack Obama, who turns 60 tomorrow. I did not know that he and I are the same age. I don't know why I didn't know that. We're both 59. We are both 59. Do you think you're older or younger? Uh, I am younger. No, but did you think, like in your mind, when you said, I don't think we're the same age, what was your uh, sort of vibe? I knew we were, I knew we were close. Uh, 
I don't know how to answer that question, TC. Hmm. I, I just don't know. No, I didn't. didn't I didn't have. I just. I knew we were kind of proximal on when we were born, but I. I just didn't realize I'm yeah, fifty nine. Really fifty nine. For one so more day. He right. He turns sixty tomorrow. This big bash that I'm sure you've heard about is this weekend. I presume Saturday, uh, Martha's Vineyard, and he's being called out for hypocrisy that I don't think exists. First of all, let me say this up front. You, you talk about President Obama, you talk about President Trump, and it's like everybody falls into line based on what they think of Trump or Obama. I'm asking you for the purpose of this portion of the program not to do that. Try and think about it in the abstract. I'll concede something right up front. I will concede right up front that many of the people who are okay with Obama having this bash would be fit to be tied if it were in Bedminster at Trump's golf course, same number of people and similar circumstance. There's, that's the hypocrisy. The hypocrisy is deciding how you feel about the issue based on the color of the jersey of the person that we're discussing. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this dispassionately, I think. So here's what I'm talking about. You know Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik got quite a profile in the Trump era, the New York congresswoman, who's now the chair of the House Republican Conference. Okay, she she took uh, Liz Cheney's gig. Quote, Democrats are imposing unscientific mask mandates while contemplating more lockdowns. Meanwhile, President President Obama is hosting over 500 elites at his at his Martha's Vineyard mansion. If you or I did that, it would be called a super spreader event by the Democrats. Typical liberal. I should say that with more derision, shouldn't I? Typical liberal. Do as I say, not as I do. This is what socialism looks like. I I have no idea what it has to do with socialism. And wherein lies Obama's hypocrisy? He's not the president. He's not. If he were at French Laundry having imposed, you know, if he were Gavin Newsom, that would be hypocrisy. If he were the mayor of Washington, D.C., having officiated a wedding or attended a wedding, imposed a. But he's not in office. Where's his hypocrisy? As far as I know, Obama has not done one thing and said another. He's been an advocate for for getting vaccinated. And people who are going to go to this event have to be vaccinated and they'll be tested. It's the survey question of the day today because it's provocative because of President Obama. But also, I think it applies to all of us. Not that any of us are invited, but what if you were invited to a large social gathering? Would you be attending or not attending if the facts were like they are for the Obama gig? Here's Letitia Beecham's more measured than the New York Post coverage from the Washington Post. Former President Barack Obama will join the sexagenarian club. I know I'm a juvenile, but that's kind of funny, isn't it? (laughs) Whack, whack. Thank you, TC. I'm here all week. Yazoo! Uh, Former President Barack Obama will join the sexagenarian club with an... It sounds like a a club where you throw your your key in the dish when you walk in the door, doesn't it? Honestly, what what, what are you I just think it's hysterical. I never heard the word. word Sexagenarian? He said sex. Well, club, and (laughs) he put that on. With an outdoor birthday bash on Martha's Vineyard this weekend as the Delta variant spreads among the nation's unvaccinated, leading to the renewal 
of coronavirus safety protocols, the Obamas are asking that guests be vaccinated and get coronavirus tests. The birthday party comes shortly after Massachusetts tweaked its face covering guidelines for indoor settings per federal recommendations after a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention study showed that three quarters of people infected during a coronavirus outbreak in Providence in Provincetown charged by the Delta variant were fully vaccinated. Dukes County, the home to Martha's Vineyard, has a moderate level of community transmission and is about 100 miles south of Provincetown. A person familiar with the matter told the Post that all of Obama's guests will have to provide a negative result of a coronavirus test in a window specified by a coronavirus coordinator to ensure that safety protocols are followed. President Biden, who was Obama's vice president, will not be attending the soiree where A-list celebrity friends are expected to gather at a nearly 30-acre Oceanside estate, so a, a White House spokesperson told Axios. This was a subject that came up yesterday at uh, Jen Psaki's press briefing. Peter Ducey was doing the questioning. Is President Obama setting the wrong example about how serious COVID-19 is by hosting a big birthday party with hundreds of people this week? Well, I would certainly refer you to uh, the team who is working for my former boss to give you more specifics of what the protocols are in place. But I would note first that former President Obama has been a huge advocate of individuals getting vaccinated. Uh, when CDC provided has provided what CDC has provided guidance on is for indoor settings in high or substantial high zones of COVID cases. This event, according to all the public reporting, is outdoors and in a moderate zone. But in addition, there is testing requirements and other steps they are taking, which I'm sure they can outline for you in more detail. So I'm, I'm looking at the CDC guidelines as I'm listening to Jen Psaki's voice. And indeed, I mean, the simple way to express it is if you're in a hot spot at a large indoor gathering, masks are recommended. This is an outdoor gathering on a 30 acre estate where everybody has been tested. And in, in trying to assess this issue, here was my frame of reference. If I were invited, would I go? If you were invited, would you go? Forget that it's Obama's party. If a friend of yours were having a big event and the facts were similar to this, everybody's going to be vaccinated, everybody's going to be tested, and it's going to be outdoors, would you go? My calculus, as I made reference to yesterday, would be along the following lines. I'm vaccinated. It's very unlikely I'm going to get the Delta variant, the breakthrough, call it what you will. And again, everybody else who's there is also vaccinated and or recently tested. If I do get a breakthrough, chances are I won't have symptoms. And if I do get a breakthrough, there's a very small chance that if I get it, I'll transmit it. Very small chance. One percent or less, according to the CDC. Having said that, if I transmit it, if I get it, if that very low prospect occurs, and I know you could call me, everybody anecdotally knows somebody or heard of somebody, but the odds are overwhelmingly against, once you've got it, the vaccine, contracting COVID-19. But it's possible. I concede that. I might transmit it to an unvaccinated person who has made a conscious decision to remain unvaccinated. In which case I say, too bad. 
Too bad. By now, everybody knows they should be vaccinated. If I, as a vaccinated person, get it and I transmit it to you and you're unvaccinated, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm very limited on sympathy. If I transmit it to an unvaccinated child, that'd be a bad thing. But very rare that they're going to have a serious illness as a result. Has it happened? Can it happen? It can. It has very, very, very limited odds that that would be the case. If I transmitted it to somebody who's immunocompromised, that is most unfortunate. And for that, I would feel regret, but it is such a small chance that it's not itself enough reason for a lockdown, and it's not a reason to cancel this party. He might, I should say this, that as of this moment that I'm I'm offering these words, because this seems a little bit fluid, he may change it because of the optics of it. I, I don't know. That's entirely possible. But my answer to the survey question at Smirconish.com is that he, he need not do so. How did we word this? Is it appropriate for President Obama to host a large birthday event in the midst of the Delta variant surge? I tried to write it in a very straightforward way. And my answer is, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Is it appropriate? Sure. Outdoors, 30 acres, everybody tested. And I I just, I find it very interesting that the people critical of him, Elise Stefanik is trying to cry hypocrisy. The other criticism that I, I hear of him is, is to try and lump him with Democrats who are perceived as taking away your liberty interest and saying, oh, look at that hypocrisy. To, to me, hypocrisy, here's what hypocrisy looks like. Hypocrisy to me are the people who want to lead their lives. They are of a DeSantis or Greg Abbott mentality, and now they're the ones critical of Obama. That's hypocrisy to me. There's hypocrisy on all sides in all of this. Honestly, it's it's. I, I can't be supportive lockstep with the R's or the D's on any of it. As I as I also said on television this morning, these leaders, Republicans and Democrats, ought to be leading by example, recognizing that they are employers, and mandating that their workforces, federal workforce. Military personnel, state employees, cops, firefighters, everybody who works for the public ought to be ordered to get a vaccine and set an example. But anyway, let's have fun and talk about Obama's party. OK, what what should happen with regard to this bash? And and a final thought that I will I will share with you is something funny happened to me on on vacation. I had ordered my dead and company tickets weeks ago. And although uh, the order seemed to go through, I, my card never got charged and I never had my tickets. I was leaning on uh, Larry Seisler because he was, my, he, he was my contact for getting, you know, decent seats. And I'm like, Larry, I didn't get the tickets. I didn't get the tickets. Yada, yada, yada. Lo and behold, I received the tickets while I was on vacation. Why it took a month and a half to process, I have no idea. But here's the point. I'm going to join 40,000 people in three weeks. At Dead and Company. And at this moment, as far as I know, there's no requirement. I'm not sitting, I'm not standing in the pit. If I were, I'd have to show proof of vaccination. I have I have uh, good seats, a couple of rows removed. So that is where I will be on a Saturday night in the near future. How could I say, oh, Obama, cancel your birthday. And then what, I'm going to Dead and Company with 40,000 people? Are you, are you blanking me? 
Come on. That'd be hypocrisy. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Albert's, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.